It's always uh, good to be here and be able to share uh, in song and uh, share the ministry and also share with you the Word of God. And of course, that's uh, why we come here today, isn't it? Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Now, uh, when we talk about coming and making a date to come, I think the last, one of the last times I actually spoke here was at an ordination service for men into the eldership and into the ministry. And Rick said, well, that's not great to have it. But when you come on that day, you can speak on that. And then we called before, well, we don't call anymore. We text. Um, and... Um, started changing everything I was doing to say I had to do this too and do this too. So we got a lot of stuff to do and then he said I could be done by 1130. I, I wrote him the other day I said I've got 10 single space pages of messages. Pew! 
saying, whew, he's not talking to me. But in reality, like I said earlier, what he says here to Timothy, and what we could say today is directed towards John, is in reality directed to every one of us. Because there's not a one of us here today who ought not strive for these characteristics to be true in our lives. We don't pass them off, and the only guy here who has to be above reproach is the pastor. Because I guarantee you, he is not. Uh, but you know, you see that today. Coming over here today, uh, Susan's reading the, the news on the way over, and, and a pastor somewhere, you know where it was? Down south someplace? Uh, uh, he was arrested on child pornography. And, and, uh, and, and, and we have that growing today in our society where we, we are not seeing that characteristic in our leadership, and we're not seeing it in the membership either. A lot of things that were done in quiet are done openly in today. Uh, or they're just overlooked. You know, everybody does. So it's okay. And I think these characteristics have to be found in, in all of us in, in to, 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 to a degree. I don't think anybody here today outside of myself meets up with every one of them. Right? You're close. You're close. Yes, humility is the one But it says in chapter 3, verse 1, this is a true saying. This is a true saying. There's nothing questionable about what Paul is about to write here. And, and the one thing we have to point out is that while we talk about the, this letter is Paul's letter to Timothy, understand there's not a word here that didn't come from the very breath of all scripture is breathed out of God. And so while, while we would say Paul wrote this, Paul penned this, but God gave it. And we must never step away from that and separate the authorship from the true author, who is God himself. In, in himself. I look at the idea of inspiration as more of a secretary of um, But anyway, he says, this is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A good work. And that word desire has the idea of, of, of just a, an inner, inner working in this person. There's, there's something inside that is working. And we talk about a call from God. Uh, I don't know about Pastor Rick, but my, my phone never rang. Uh, when I started college, I went to college, my first year in college, I was going to be an elementary school teacher. That's what I went to college for, be an elementary school teacher. When I left college, and then later on went back to college, I was going to get an associate degree, and then it didn't move on from that, and just, Susan and I were going to open up, actually we are going to open up a campground. And minister to the people who came throughout the summers. And, and, offered, and that was what we thought we were going to do. And we went to college to get that two-year Bible degree, and all of them were going to go. And, and it didn't go. We couldn't get out of school. We just have to stay. And we retired. Um, but, but, but anyway, over time, doors opened. 
this and get involved with this and get involved with that. So that by the time I graduated from college, I was already, had already been working in a church for a couple years as the assistant pastor. But God opened doors. And so, but is that a call from God? No, but I think it's really the Holy Spirit living, working within us, urging us and putting that desire and that burden to serve Him, to get into His Word, and to share that Word with others. That's the work, that's the working of the Holy Spirit, which is God, correct? Working within us to direct us in that, at that area. And He says, who you desires uh, the office of a bishop, and, and I, I'm the one who believes that the office of the bishop and the elder and the pastor are one. These are just three descriptions of that same office. But he that, he that desires that position, that office, desires a good work, an honorable work, a, a work that, that we ought to look at as, as, as being honorable. To be a pastor of a church isn't a step down. It isn't settling for something less. Uh, I remember years ago, one of the uh, famous pastors who pastored a very large church in Indiana, um, he once, they asked him one time, why don't you run for office? You ought to run for office. And he said, why would I want to step down? Why would I want to step down? And, and, and so he says, this is an honorable office. And John, I say, you know, today you are being ordained into an honorable position. An honorable position. A, a position that is desirable. It's not, it's not a second class thing or third class thing. But it's something that is honorable, it is holy, and needs to be treated carefully. Carefully. And then he goes on to talk about this. A bishop must be, must be blameless. Must be blameless. In other words, you have to be perfect. I tell my wife I'm perfect. And she says, I know you. But in Christ I am. In Christ I am. Um, you know what? None of us are perfect. But, but you know what? I think we can maintain a testimony in the community where people look at him and they say, you know, there's an honest man. There's an honest man. <clears throat> and these are all characteristics of, of all of this. The husband of one wife. How many wives do you have, John? All right, here it is. <laughs> we passed that temple on the way over here today. They have several. Here you can have this one. Right. Uh, vigilant, sober. And, and that word sober is interesting because you say, well, he's not a drunkard. But it also talks about the attitude that we have. And that, that we have, we have, a, we have a, 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 a cautious attitude to that. It's brave. Uh, you know, we take, we're, 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 when it comes to the job we have, we're serious about. It's not lighthearted. It's not, it's not something that we just have and we can do it when we want to and we can act around and whatever. No, we have to apply ourselves to it. We take it seriously. It's a serious position. Um, pastor this morning.
comes to church, has a day planned, everything happens, phone rings. I gotta go. And, and uh, I've had that um, in, in services over the years. You've gotta go. We were, we were, our car was packed, backing out of the driveway. We got a call, so and so just ran over there, grandson. He's dead. Unpack the car. You gotta stay. You gotta be there. Okay. Uh, that it, it, it is, is that's that's important. We had a lady in our church die one time when our daughter was gonna have a birthday, and she said, "This is fair." Why she die now? You know, ruined my birthday. It's not fair. Others better 
than ourselves. We don't lift up ourselves, we lift up others. Forgiveness is not something I deserve, it's something that we give. Why? Because it's given in love. It's given in love. It's given in service for the body. It's lifting up the body. It's not all, listen folks, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. It's about others. It's about him. It's about him. And forgiveness, forgiveness. Listen, you know who the only person is who fails to forgive? You know who the only person is that's hurt by that? You. You. You're the only one that's hurt by that. You're the one that's eaten away in, in, in anger. You're the one that's eaten away by looking at that person. Whoa, 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 whoa. The only person that suffers is the unforgiver. That's it. The other guy doesn't care. The other guy doesn't care. We need to, we need to forgive. Forgive. And, and, and of course, Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter 4 that we are to forgive even as Christ for God's sake, even for God as Christ for Christ's sake has forgiven us. How many of us apologize before God saying loved us? Anybody here? Anybody here? No. God loves you in spite of who you are. Amen? And God saved you long before you said, I'm sorry. Correct? He forgave you. God saved you. Forgave you. Long before you said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, forgiveness is just something that's given. It's just given. I forgive you. It's just given. And he says, not covetous, out for self. Rules his own house for uh, that, that's, that's the, and the house is orderly. It's godly. It has a proper biblical uh, structure. And I think he says that because basically, in fact, he says that here. If you can't rule your house, how are you going to rule my house? Okay? Um, but we skip one that I think is very important. I've never heard of here. He told me I can know what he Go back to verse 2. All these characteristics, John, are very important in your life, in your home, in your ministry, in the church. All of these have to be evident in, in all that we say, all that we do, the way we act, the way we can carry out our ministry, the way we serve. It is, it is from a, a servant's heart, a ministry heart, it is, it is a giving, it is a giving without expecting to receive honor. You know, let's, let's honor. You know, I, I knew people that left the church because they didn't get recognized. Why were you doing it? Why were you doing it? Um, and, and so you know, but number chapter, chapter or verse 2, the very last part of that verse says what? Act to teach. Act to teach. She, John, when you assume that ordination, when you assume that position, that position is given because a, a, a church board or a, a group of people have determined by you to you and by your responses that you are you understand exactly what it is this church 
believe and stands for. And you are more than happy to share that with others. More than happy to share that with others. See, serving being ordained onto the elder board doesn't mean now I get to go and vote on issues. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. Being ordained, set aside, and you know when you look up that name, the word ordained, another word is anointed. It's a synonym for that. Synonym. You will find this hard to believe. But 
my first sermon was not very polished. I know you find that hard to believe. When I was in college and I was in homilies, that's preaching class, we were living next door. At that time, I was already the, the youth director in the church that I would become the assistant pastor in. But I, we lived in the parsonage, which was right next to the church. And when it was my turn to preach, Susan and I would go to the pulpit. I'd stand in the pulpit and she'd be my audience and I'd preach the sermon to You don't know how many times I've got to say But we do that. And, and, and I remember, most of you know who Chuck Swindoll is. You know who Chuck Swindoll is? I heard him on the radio one time. He was a, he was a student in seminary. And they would visit local churches and fill the pulpit when the pastor was away. And he would, his first time out, first time out, he's going to speak Sunday morning and Sunday evening. He had a message in hand for Sunday morning and Sunday night. And he said, by the time I got done Sunday morning, he said, I was so nervous, I spoke so fast that I had preached both sermons. <laughs> So, John, don't worry about it. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you don't have to be a polished speaker. Uh, Rick and I have been in the ministry, well, I've been in the ministry for 40 some years, and I think you too. We're about the same age on your own. We're the same age, but he's an older one. <laughs> a couple months, I think. So, anyway, uh, you, know, you, 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 you just grow. But the fact is, though, you have to do it. You have to do it. And you have to share the Word of God. But you know what? It isn't just sharing the Word of God. Uh, the real presence, like I said, this, when it comes to this have to teach, it brings us to the real role of the elder in the church. Others are characteristics. Now, this is part of the role uh, of that. Uh, being able to teach, have to teach, have to teach. And I applaud your desire to serve the Lord in this way and to serve the Lord in St. Louis Bible Fellowship. But I urge you to take this role seriously and, and know the Word of God and share the Word of God. Know the Word of God and share the Word of God. You know, I, I did this in, in Sunday school this morning. Second Timothy, just or Second uh, Timothy, First Timothy chapter, uh, or no, Second Timothy chapter four. Second Timothy chapter four. I did this in Sunday school this morning. Second Timothy chapter four, verses one to four. Says, I charge thee. Now this is Paul charging Timothy, who is at this time about to take over, take the mantle from Paul and carry on. Paul's about to, to leave this earth. And, and I would say, John, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead and his appearing in his kingdom. Number one is what? Preach. The word. Preach the word. Be in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. There's that humility, there's that patience, there's those characteristics. All long suffering and what? God. That goes back to knowing what we believe and why we believe. That goes back to the very heart of all that we do is what we believe. What we believe motivates us to do what we do in ministry, isn't it? Isn't it? You know, uh, Pastor said about Susan and I traveling around, and, and in, in the years that we've been traveling around, I can say without question, 
we've seen probably a couple thousand kids come to Christ. And adults, but primarily kids. And you look at that, and, and, and that's not bragging, because the bottom line is, we have never saved one of them. Not one of them have we saved. He doesn't save All you and I are ever called to do is share the gospel. If we share the gospel, if I, if I share the gospel with somebody, I'm faithful to my call. It's not up to me whether that person gets saved or not. That's God's business. That's God's business right there. He's the one that does the saving. All I'm doing is faithfully sharing with this person the gospel. That's the gospel. When he says make all men see, he does not mean get them down on the floor and keep them down there until they agree with you. No, 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 no. But he says preach the word with all long-suffering and doctrine. And listen. He says reprove and review. You know, one of the things that you get thrown at you all the time is when you question somebody what they believe, the first thing they throw back in your face is, Judge not, also be judged. Correct? Correct? How are you going to reprove and rebuke without making a judgment? You see, they take that word totally out of its context, assign to it a meaning that isn't there, and then want to use it as an excuse to do whatever they want to do. That's what it is. And, and uh, you cannot reprove and rebuke without, first of all, judging that, that whatever that person believes is doctrinally incorrect. And when you determine that it's doctrinally incorrect, then with long-suffering, patience, and love, along with correct doctrine, you try to correct their understanding. You don't beat them over the head. He says with long-suffering. Long-suffering. Earlier, he says forbearing one another in, in the characteristics. Forbearing. And he says here, we need, we need to stand. In verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure what? Time will come. I don't know what it was like in Paul's day, but I know what it's like in this day. And in this day, we are finding right is wrong, wrong is right, up is down, down is up, everything is upside down. And in, in Christendom, a broad brush Christendom, which I generally refer to as evangelism. There is no standard. It's whatever you want to believe. I think one of the worst things is for a church to print its doctrinal statement, its statement of faith, and put it in a loosely filled book. Oh, I don't like that one anymore. How it goes. I don't, I don't often understood how these churches cooperate. A few years ago, there was a, a program called One Book, One Body. One what? One book, one body. Where the community churches would all get together around one book because we're all part of one body and we all preach the same sermon for a Sunday. And I think that went on for six months or so. And you have to have every strike involved in it. And the saddest part was we had some grace churches involved in it. How do you do that? For six months, you're not standing right. You can't. 
ears, or ears away from what? What's it say? The truth. Not, we're talking Sunday school, not a truth, not just true, but the truth. What is the truth? When the Apostle Paul uses that definite article in front of the word truth and faith, you know what he's talking about? The faith, the truth. He's talking about that body of truth, that body of doctrine that was revealed to him for the church of the body of Christ. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about just what he says, the faith. He's not talking about just our faith in Christ. He's talking about a body of truth, like churches have the statement of faith. It's what they believe. And he's saying here, they're going to turn from the truth. And as they turn from their truth, Paul says, listen, this is what's going to happen, Timothy. But what you need to do is, you need to preach sound doctrine. You need to preach the word. Just keep preaching the word. Just keep preaching the word. Just hang in there. Someone told me one time, I said, you know what? They said, what if they don't believe the Bible? Doesn't matter. Just keep preaching it. Because it's the word of God through the work of the Holy Spirit that brings conviction. It isn't you. And if you give up the word of God and start turning to science books and history books and all of that, you have surrendered the best ground you ever had. And that's the truth of the word of God. That's the truth of the Word of God. As soon as you close the book and give it up, you have now given away your argument. Because listen, folks, this is the only thing that is true. Everything else is opinion. It's opinion. We read 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. And I'm not out of time. We read 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Teach no other doctrine. Later in verse 10, he says, Don't teach anything contrary to sound doctrine. He's telling Timothy over and over again. In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 13, he talks again about sound words that you've heard of me. He directs Timothy's attention back to what I, Paul, have taught you. That's the sound of doctrine. He says, teach no other doctrine. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Verse 11. But I, Paul, certify you, brethren. What's certify? Isn't it guaranteed? I guarantee you. I guarantee you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. And that word after means according to. In other words, what Paul's saying here, I didn't get it from anybody. I didn't get it from a man. And Paul has spent time with the twelve. He had spent time with them, and yet he said, I didn't get it from them. He knew Peter, but I didn't get it from them. He says, for I neither received it of man. Is that what he says? I didn't get it from man, neither was I taught it. What? By man, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. 
will establish you according to what? My gospel. My gospel. Where did he get my gospel? He didn't get it from man. He wasn't taught it by man. He was taught it by the risen Savior. He got it directly from Jesus Christ himself. And he says, for now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel, the, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to what? The revelation of the mystery. Did Peter preach Jesus? Did he? Sure he did. Y'all preached Peter. But Peter preached him this way, Paul preaches him a different way. Paul, Peter preached him from this perspective, he preached the cross. Did he not? From this perspective, Paul preaches the cross from this side. It's two different gospels. Two different messages. Two different messages. And he said, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret when? Since the world began. Now you go over to Colossians. I think what you wrote, what thing I think is that that message was kept secret. It was hidden in the mind of God. Colossians chapter 1. Hidden in the mind of God. And I always like to tell people this. It was hidden in the mind of God, not in the Word of God. You can't go back here and find it. You can't go back here and find it. It's only here. Here. In this passage, it's really awesome. John, you have a responsibility to be part of that group that guards the flock, protects the flock. Protects the doctrine from St. Louis Bible Fellowship. Who cares for the flock, nurtures the flock, and teaches the flock in the Word of God for I divide it. I challenge you today. It's neat that he's sitting right there. I challenge you today. Accept this office with sincerity, seriousness, soberness, gravity, and serve God through. This function, this ministry, this work. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word. And I do thank you, Father, for John and for his desire to serve you. And I just pray for him that you would truly minister through him, that he would be a real asset to this church, a benefit to this elder board, and serve you not only here, but even in the community. Being able to share Christ with the lost world around us. Thank you, Father, for this time, guys, for the remaining time of this service. And we pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior.